Hey, it's me, Julie Jones. I'm off the air, but I'm ready to talk. In fact, it's time for Grown Woman Stuff with me, Julie Jones. Let's talk. So, you know, being a woman is work, period. We got so much going on around us, but also in us, right? Like, hormonally speaking, we go through changes, sis. And we were taught about our monthly visitor. Like, I remember reading, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. And starting your period sounded so wonderful, light and fluffy. Until it happened. But what is often left out of the conversation is what our monthly friend brings, our future house guests like perimenopause and the big M, menopause. So how do we cope with all this stuff going on in us, sis? Whether it's PMS, infertility issues, or wondering how late can you wait to get pregnant? Well, we're going to talk about it today with my first guest, Dr. Nia Thompson-Jenkins, an OBGYN. She gives us the tea on all that and more, including why you should be open and honest with your OBGYN, how untreated STIs can impact your infertility, and even upgrading your girl. Badge no rejuvenation. Ew! So gear up. It's time for Grown Woman Stuff. All right, so grown woman stuff today. We are talking about them body issues, child, from PMS to perimenopause, menopause, and when the men don't pause. <laughs> Casey native Dr. Nia Thompson Jenkins is on the line in Louisiana. She's going to make her way back to Kansas City. We know it. How you doing today, sis? Hey, all hey the way girl. from New Orleans. I'm so happy to be here with y'all today. Yes. First of all, okay, tell us about your journey to the medical profession because I always find it so fascinating when I find women, particularly women of color in the medical field, OBGYNs. T- tell me how you came into that path. You know, I have that cheesy response of, I always wanted to be a doctor. I always knew that I wanted to be a doctor. But the thing that I can tell you is I did not always know that I wanted to be an OBGYN and specifically a urogynecologist. Mm. Um, I knew that I wanted to help people with their health issues. I had a passion for being in the operating room. I had a passion for surgery, but I didn't know that it would fall on my heart, this love for educating women and helping women um, really through some of the most difficult Mm -hmm. times and sometimes Mm -hmm. some of the happiest times of their life. Yeah, I can imagine that because, you know, when people are having babies or health issues or they, you know, concerned about fertility, I I imagine that can be very emotionally taxing for them. But how does that, you know, how how does that do for you as the medical professional? You know, it is it is a burden, but, you know, it is the most honorable burden that I could have, Mm. because not only do you see someone through their first child, which could be the happiest moment of their life, but then Mm. you may see them through the loss of a child, through Mm. a miscarriage or, you know, a late term you know, late um, term delivery, or, you know, you see them through menopause, you know, one of those things that people worry about. Um, You see them through having children. You girl, look, you see them bring their 13 year old child to the office. And you remember when the child was delivered. So it's those moments that, that bring you full circle you know, in this specialty. So grown woman stuff, we're talking to Dr. Nia Thompson Jenkins, and we were just having the discussion about her journey into the medical profession. But as a black woman, how important is it for us to see ourselves represented when we walk into an office? It is so important. And the reason that it's important is because there are a lot of studies that have come out in the medical community that show that not only are outcomes better, but the rates of morbidity and mortality are a lot better when a woman of color sees another woman of color. And that's mm. not even just on our front, but that's even when you're looking at the doctors that take care of newborn babies. Yeah. So yeah. can you imagine being able to walk into an office that see somebody, you know, you see someone that you look like, that you feel comfortable with, that you can mm-hmm. relate to, that you feel comfortable opening up to. Um, it is very important for women of color to have someone that looks like them that they can identify with and discuss these issues in the office. 
Now, what are some of the health issues that you find unique for women of color? I know we discuss fibroids and everything, but um, outside of that, you know, what are some of the health issues that are unique for us? Oh, Julie, let me tell you, there's so many, mm. but let me focus mm. on the things that um, that that kind of go by age group. So for reproductive age women, so those are that's women that are very young. They've just started their menstrual cycle up into someone who is in their late 30s. You really need to think mm. about your overall mm. sexual health. Mm. Are you healthy? Mm. Are you infection free? Because some one of those things I always am counseling women are, is, you know, you can get a sexually transmitted infection yeah. and that can affect yeah. your ability to have children down the road. Mm. And that's important for women to know you get a chlamydia infection that goes untreated for years and you have issues and you look up and now you're having issues having a baby and now you have an issue with infertility. So in a younger woman, I want to make sure that they know about their body. They understand their body. They understand their vaginal health and someone that's a little bit older, Mm kind of approaching menopause, understanding what is menopause? What are the changes that my body, you know, is going to go through and what do I need to expect? So when I say, what are those issues? Those mm-hmm. issues are I'm leaking urine. Is it normal for me to leak urine? Why am I leaking urine? I'm mm-hmm. leaking a little stool every time I pass gas. Is that normal? I have this menstrual cycle and I'm bleeding for the whole month. Is that normal? So there's so many issues mm-hmm. that really affect women of color that sometimes we don't talk about. And those are those are just the tip of the iceberg. Ooh, child, because, yeah, sometimes you will feel like the woman with the issue of blood. Now, and and there is a struggle. And let's talk about PMS first, because there are women who their lives are so impacted, Dr. Nia, simply because their monthly visitor pops up. How, what can be done? And why is that? Torturous. Torturous. I agree. Absolutely. And I may be the doctor, but I can, I can relate. <laughs> um, so let's talk about what PMS actually is. So. Okay. It, these are symptoms that occur five days before your cycle and it stops within four days of your actual cycle. So those are things like depression, um, mm-hmm. anger, that anger outburst, um, irritability, anxiety, confusion. And then you feel like that breast tenderness, that bloating, those headaches that you're like, where is this coming from? Changes in your appetite. Those are all very normal symptoms for PMS that come from your monthly visitor. And yes, as we repeat every month. Oh, my gosh, because sometimes I just want to get in the bed. Like, literally, I'm like, leave me alone. I don't want to do nothing. Leave me alone. What a heating pad. <laughs> right, exactly. And some ibuprofen. Yes. They call it a day. Yes, and just watch my Ratchet TV and leave me alone until about three to five days, and we'd be cool. <laughs> yes, yes, and it is normal. And you know the thing? I don't want women to feel bad about it. I know okay. a lot of times your partner or men will make you feel like, why are you like this? But it's normal. It is part of the normal menstrual cycle. There's a reason that it's happening. And don't feel bad about it. You know, just understand Mm -hmm. your body and know what to expect when when you have those symptoms. It's so interesting because when you're younger, like I read, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to start my period until it came uh, at the age of 11. (laughs) You know, then I was like, I ain't too sure about this. But of course, we hear about menopause, the hot flashes and all that. But nobody growing up ever told me about the period in between called perimenopause. Dr. Nia, sis, you got to weigh in on this. What is it? How early can it start? And what are we going to go through? Oh, well, it's a beast. It is a beast. Perimenopause is your friend because it's going to be around for a while. <laughs> so it is that period that happens between a normal menstrual cycle and actual menopause. It can last. And I repeat, ladies, it can last four to five years before you go through actual menopause. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. 
Yes. The average age of menopause is about 51. So that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. you absolutely mm-hmm. are going to go through at 51. You may go through it at 55. And I yeah. am so sorry for this, but you may <laughs> go through it at 55. Um, and so during that time period, things that you can expect, specifically for Black women, you can expect thinning of your hair or hair loss. You can expect to feel like a little foggy, like things just aren't quite mm-hmm. right. You can be experiencing some memory loss, all completely normal. Um, you can experience that number one offender that everyone knows about, those hot flashes that you want to strip out of your clothes. Those happen during this time. You can experience vaginal dryness. Um, you can experience just pain in the vagina in general. And um, all of those symptoms are normal. Huh, joy bliss. As we talk about the average age for menopause to start, what is the average age or even the youngest somebody can go into them pre-years, the perimenopause? Oh, Lord. So I would say for somebody who is having a what we would call a normal menopause process mm-hmm. in your late 40s would be a normal time. OK, for people that start going through those symptoms before that, like, let's say their late 30s, really early 40s. Some of the time we'll say that's genetic. But the other half of the time is actually a condition called premature ovarian failure, meaning you're going into menopause too early. Your ovaries are failing you entirely too early. And that's something that we become a little bit more concerned about because in your late 30s, you still need estrogen. Estrogen mm-hmm. is good for your bones, is good for your vagina, is good for your bladder, is good for your brain. So when, excuse me, when that estrogen drops down low, you can start having issues. Who knew that? So let me ask you, Dr. Nia, because I have friends, obviously, who um, are over 30, over 35, over 40. They haven't yet had children. So... What, how does everything like perimenopause and your estrogen levels, does that impact, I know it impacts your ability to get pregnant, but how great of an obstacle is it for women who might want children later? So until you truly are going through perimenopause, it's not, it's not a problem. So until you hit that point where your ovaries say, I'm done working, honey, I'm not making any more little eggs for you each month, I have checked out, it's harder to get pregnant. But it's not it's not per se a problem. Like it's not just unheard of. Um, so when you hit that stage where you really are in perimenopause, you can still get pregnant. So you need, still need a form of contraception. Um, but it's more on, on a rarity. Like you're looking at probably less than ten percent, five to ten percent of the time, are you going to have just a what we would call a spontaneous pregnancy? But for my young ladies that are, you know, between that 35, 41, 42 mark, don't be discouraged. Yes, you're a little bit older, but for the most part, your ovaries still do work. Um, And if you've had problems getting pregnant, you know, between that 35 to 40 mark, I really highly recommend that you see um, an infertility specialist sooner than later to see if you can get help, if that's the help that you All right, Grown Woman Stuff with Dr. Nia Thompson-Jenkins. We're talking about everything from PMS, perimenopause, menopause. Speaking of which, like my mother went into menopause late, even though earlier, I'm going to tell you, she was acting a little, 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 I was like, mama, you was real pretty back in the day, but you was a little bit crazy. Menopause actually sounds like a nightmare when you hear people talk about the different changes from, from weight gains, like you discussed, vaginal dryness, mood swings. How can somebody manage that and actually be be happy, joyful that the monthly friend is going away as they approach this? I know, right? It's kind of unfair. Like you're happy that your monthly friend is going away, but then you're like, wait, what is all of this? Why do I have these symptoms? It's not fair, is it? Mm-mm. I agree. I agree. Um, so some of the things that, well, first of all, a lot of it is mindset. A lot of it is education 
and understanding your body, understanding I'm going through these symptoms, understanding, yes, it can last a couple of years, but that is going to go away. And really with your mindset, I think that really, I see patients that when they are anticipating the symptoms and they're coming and they're talking to me, what are my options? And we talk about the things that they can do. Um, they get a much, they, they really do better with dealing with the actual like perimenopause, menopause symptoms. Okay, so get informed, read what you can, talk to your doctor. That's so important. And being open with your OBGYN. Do you find, Dr. Nia, that some people, they may not want to talk about their struggles or how many people they don't have sex with? How important is it just to be transparent? Because, look, you the doctor. You're not there to judge. You're there to say, well, let me tell you this, you know? Girl, you know, I have to break it down with patients. I literally have to say, girl, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to take care of you, and I want to do the best job possible. So I really empower women that when they are going to the doctor, A, find a doctor you feel comfortable with. And after you find that doctor, please feel free to open up and tell them things because I promise you, half the time, we're not going to remember after the visit. And not in the sense that we didn't pay attention, but we're not going to be like, oh, there goes Sally Joe. She came in and told me she slept with eight people. It's not going to be like that. You know, we're not going to remember all those details, but we really want to be able to take good care of you. And you being open and transparent and honest with me or with us allows us to do that. And, you know, honestly, there's no greater honor than a patient coming in and telling you their things that they're not able to tell anyone else and me being able to help them through that time. So, you know, allow your doctor to to take the best care of you and open up to them, you know, tell them how you're feeling and you something's not right with my body. This ain't right. I need help and we need to talk about my options. All right. So be open with your OBGYN. Now, Dr. Nia, what are screenings we need to have on a regular basis? So screenings that you should have on a regular basis as far as going to like an OBGYN doctor are going to be your pap smear that are going to happen every three to five years, depending on your age. It does not have to happen every year anymore unless there's actually, you know, something that's going wrong or you've mm-hmm. had a abnormal pap smear or something before. Um, a mammogram, depending on your age, you should have your thyroid checked. You should have a breast examination in the office. The doctor really should do a good exam down there and make sure they don't see anything wrong or anything abnormal. And then as you get a little bit older, we should be checking um, your cholesterol and we should do, be doing blood pressure screening. All right, so make a list what you need to be looking for. Now, before we let you go, I'm going to ask you a bonus question because I've seen this on the reality shows. Now, I ain't thought about this, child, but... Just, you know, I never know what's going to happen when I, you know, after mm-hmm. menopause or something, I'm, I might decide to hook myself up. I don't know. Vaginal <laughs> rejuvenation. Is, is that really a thing or not? You know, it really is a thing. And it's actually something that's kind of, it's, it kind of falls under one of my subspecialties in Eurogyne. Um, it is a thing. It can be done with the laser. Um, basically, there's like one of them is called a Mona Lisa. And basically this laser energy or this laser beam therapy kind of works to rejuvenate and in the simplest terms, rejuvenate that vaginal tissue, bring a little bit more blood flow to it, kind of help it look how, look and feel how it used to feel prior mm. to menopause. Oh. Yes, it is a real thing. It is real. Is, is there a payment plan? No. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is, it is very controversial. You know, a lot of people don't per se like to talk about it because they say it's not per se evidence-based. But there are a lot of women that feel like after a certain age, they just can't, quote unquote, get a grip, if you know what, I'm, if, uh, mm-hmm. what I mean and mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And they look into things like vaginal rejuvenation and they get a good response from it. 
All right. Well, there it is. Dr. Nia Thompson Jenkins. Look for her to come back to Kansas City. We are believing it. We name it and claiming it. Thank you so much, sis. I so appreciate your information and sit with me for some grown woman stuff. Of course. Anytime. Hey, thanks for hanging with your girl for the first episode of Grown Woman Stuff with me, Julie Jones. And I want to thank our first guest, Dr. Nia Thompson-Jenkins, who really gave us the tea on dealing with these hormones, PMS, perimenopause, and when everything else pauses. Ooh, ciao. But I can't wait to talk to you in the upcoming episodes. We're going to cover mental health, your mental wellness, getting flying fabulous after 40, the ministry of marriage and more, because we're grown women and we got our own stuff. So let's talk Grown Woman Stuff with me, Julie Jones. Don't forget to check me out middays on KP. Hot 103 Jams, kprs.com online, and I'll talk to you again next time. Music, Alpha Music Library, Property, a Carter Broadcast Group.